Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right, my friends. First things first. You know, yesterday, um, we had to, we had a bit of a tech issue here as we're on the road. We have, we've had on the radio side um, a pretty. Uh, we had a couple things that have been hiccups, but I literally. I have, I have two of these soundboards, two of them, and I had to take the one apart yesterday. Um, so I'm sorry. I it was um, right as we were getting ready, and I I couldn't um, I couldn't use the equipment. So my apologies. We hope to make it up to you today. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. There you can email me your thoughts, questions, feedback, opinion, adoration, praise. I'm also looking. I've I'll just throw this out there. Every, every single, uh, what do I want to say? Um, <laughs> big braggadocious talker on social media that's a leftist. When I simply invite them on, they they literally vanish. They literally vanish from the face of the planet. In fact, I'm wondering if this could be, and this is a joke, take it easy, leftists, if you're out there listening, Google, YouTube, anyone who thinks that this is not just meant to be tongue-in-cheek just to illustrate how cowardly some of these folks are. But I feel like this might be a good campaign strategy. We can just literally... Ask a leftist very kindly, hey, you want to come on the program? Because I do want to have them on the program. I do want to have I want to have a conversation about some of these issues because you know and I know. Well, first of all, maybe there's something that they have to say that could I, I really mean this could be helpful. It's not going to change my worldview or ideology, but I want to understand. I want to have a conversation and I want to see if we can persuade or just just have healthy discourse for a change in this country. Um, but I guess if that doesn't work, we can just uh, invite them on the show and they vanish. I don't know. I don't know yet if they vanish from the polling places. I'm totally kidding, by the way. I can see somebody saying that I want to silence. I don't. It's just a joke. I'm just saying they talk a big game until they're asked to explain. They vanish. They really do. So, liberals, you're welcome. I will be kind to you. I will give you an opportunity to explain yourself, but there's no, you won't get by with just talking points. We're going to have to get to the heart of the issue at some point. And I think that's maybe where you're concerned. That's where the wheels might be coming off the argument. I understand you want something a certain way, but wanting it and being able to defend it are not necessarily the same thing. And that's, I don't know everything. Look, we could be wrong on some things here as well. So I invite you, Todd at ToddFShow.com is that email. So let's start, let's start here off the top. Um, <laughs> so th- there's a ton of stuff obviously going on. And I'll be candid. I told Oz before we came on the show, this is overwhelming. And I think I just want to, 
start today by making this statement. <clears throat> and I've thought a lot about this, and I, I have. I thought a lot about this past couple of days. I was going to say this yesterday, but of course, instead I was taking apart my soundboard at the last minute because there was a problem. Um, folks, what if I told you that the shots of the second American Revolution have been fired? And they're not physical bullets, at least not yet, right? Hopefully it stays that way, but these are psychological bullets. This is a metaphor before someone listening from the left misunderstands what I'm saying. They're psychological bullets. Folks, what we have endured for the past couple of years in particular is in part by those who are strategists, and I'm not, again... I'm not claiming anything isn't real. I'm not saying, I'm saying that there's a group of people that when they see an opportunity, like Rahm Emanuel, when they see a crisis, they say, I don't want to let that crisis go to political waste. I want to use that to my advantage. And these folks, I cannot, I cannot overstate this. I cannot overstate the mindset of the godless, rabid, radical left. They desire complete and utter control over every aspect in in the in this world. They believe that it is their <laughs> I don't know, div- I wouldn't say divine because they're the I'm talking about the godless radical left. They think that they are god, so I guess it's bestowed upon themselves by themselves. It's about as makes as much sense as I'm um, saying that the universe created itself, but that's another discussion for another day. But this godless, rabid, radical left, is they are trying to use these crises and events to their political advantage, and part of that is to wear you down. And folks, I'm not talking specifically to you, but in general, they have been successful. They have been successful in wearing the average American down with vaccine mandates and mask policies and inflation and high gas prices and threats of war, Russia, Ukraine, China, Taiwan, open borders, dumpster fires, debacles, you name it, they're daring you. I'm telling you, they are daring you to do something about it. They don't think that you will. They don't think that conservative, principled people are going to do anything about this. At least not enough. At least not enough of them. But the question remains, will we? You know, I was thinking about this, <clears throat> and it's like a blitzkrieg. Right? That's, that's a term that was developed to describe a technique used by Hitler and the Nazis in World War II, which was basically, it, was, it meant lightning war. It meant we are going to overwhelm your defenses. We are just going to just basically charge with everything we've got to where you cannot stop the onslaught. And we'll break your defenses, we'll cause havoc, and pandemonium and chaos, you'll be shooting each other <clears throat> because uh, you know it's it's just you, you change positions. People will their wills will be broken. 
They'll be running the wrong direction. They'll be overwhelmed and tired and hopeless and afraid. And that is what we've got going on in this country today. And I'm not going to say it's all intentional, but I am telling you there are people out there, you know that this is true. There are people out there, listen to people that go to Davos, the World Economic Forum. Listen to the terms they use. The 2020, the 2020 campaign at the World Economic Forum was the Great Reset Initiative. They see this, you can go to their website. I challenge you to do this. Go to their website and look at what it says, how they describe things like COVID-19, how they describe, well, climate change. These are opportunities for them, my friends. By the way, thinking about Blitzkrieg and Blitz, Blitz in the NFL, in football, college football, what have you, um, Blitz, you know, when you basically, it's a concept where you send someone that may be in pass coverage, typically, instead of just one of the down linemen, you send you send someone else or maybe you blitz and send the house as folks say, I played, played a little bit of football in, in high school and college, but it's been a long time ago. But that's what a blitz is. And makes me wonder, by the way, since the... NFL is so intent on changing the name of the Washington Redskins. Maybe folks like our own NFL uh, Colts owner, Jim Hearsay, should be starting a campaign to end the Nazi term blitz from being used. Where's Phil Simms on this one in the booth? Maybe he should not be using that phrase along with the name of the Washington Redskins, which, by the way, the Washington Redskins are now, of course, now they've been in a trade with the Colts for Carson Wentz. I don't even want to talk about that today, but... But the Washington, formerly known as the Washington Redskins and the Washington football team, they are now the Washington Commanders, which if you want to have a name in a city that I think is is spot on as far as how people think about what goes on in a city, Commanders is perfect for the left. Commanders is exactly what they think that they are. Commanders is exactly what they believe their job is, and our job is to follow orders and instructions. Yes, I know that it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a uh, a nod, a sign of respect and encouragement to a uh, rank in the U.S. Navy. They want to say Washington D.C. connection to military commanders. This is respectful, which I thought names were not supposed to be respectful. I mean, none of this, none of this stuff makes any sense. But beside the point, commanders is who they think they are. They're your Commander, I'm telling you, this is how the left thinks. It's how the left thinks. And still, too many folks are compliant. They're going along out of, I don't know, out of fear. Out of, And this is why I like things like the trucker convoy. And we had a guest on, and I, we got along. He's a good guy, a smart guy. Um... But if we think we're going to just get past all of this by, I don't know, without raising some ruckus, without making them know who we are and what we believe and that we have had enough, I just, I don't, I don't think that that's understanding the gravity of the situation. I understood what he was saying as far as having, um, you know, that they were going to be co-opted and manipulated just like 
the folks thought on January 6th were, which, by the way, see, there's a thousand things I want to talk about today. You saw, I don't know if you saw the Project Veritas videos that they released, New York Times Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, basically laughing, making fun of the idea that leftists want us to be afraid. He's a leftist too, by the way. But laughing at the notion that what happened on January 6th was some massive insurrection that was almost going to overthrow the government. And he was he was making fun of calling calling other journalists some very <laughs> colorful, let's just say colorful and foul names because of their description of events on January 6th. And he was laughing at it, saying, give me a blanking break sort of thing. But of course, that is ignored because he's one of the protected class in the media and the radical left, and half of America doesn't even know about that. But he's on record admitting that the story about January 6th is amped up. It's amped up because of direction from his company, the New York Times, because of pressures undoubtedly related to politics and politicians and power and narratives, and Trump is the devil. And I'm telling you, this whole Russian... Ukraine war. Folks, we have people that are marching us towards war right now. Literally. I, I've seen videos of Congress people who are saying that, hey, freedom has a cost in the sense of what we should have to go to war. What? Folks, war, if, if we've not learned anything, Biden wants all this credit for stopping Afghanistan, the 20 year war, and here we are on the doorsteps of a new one. There is a difference between being strong and strong and firm and resolute and rushing us into another war, especially when you're not even allowed to have debate, especially when you're not even allowed to ask questions about Zelensky. I mean, the narratives, and I'm not saying anything other than you, we're not allowed to have the discussion. Putin is evil. Therefore, in the minds of the left, Zelensky, I guess, has to be good. Well, they, maybe they're both bad. We know Putin's not good, but we're not even allowed to have this, this discussion. We're not even allowed to have this discussion. Now we're banning oil coming from Russia, boycotting oil, which is going to further put pressures on you and other Americans at the pump. People, people like Stephen Colbert doesn't understand. I, I got a soundbite. I have so many things I want to get to today. But these radical, elitist, self-righteous, radical leftists are the ruination of this is this has their fingerprints all over it. This is the result of what happened in 2020. And we folks are, what is this, March? We are, I mean, we're not even a year and a half in. We're just barely over a year into this. Oz asked me the other day, how are we going to endure this? I don't know. We better darn well win these primaries come November. But we have to understand what we're up against. We have to understand, yes, bad things happen. They can happen at any time. Things outside the control of the United States. We also have to understand that there are sometimes certain actions or inactions or interpretations of, you know, from foreign foes, from, from enemies and foes regarding how they think a leader is going to act that have impact on everything. We have an industry that Biden, Biden has effectively waged war 
on American oil and gas. I've got some sound bites from that. So, I mean, I've got the CEO of, I think it's ConocoPhillips, who I think kudos to these people for basically saying that what we're hearing from the administration is absolute bunk and talking points. I've got Elizabeth Warren wanting to investigate and keep an eye on oil company profits at a time when government literally should be running out of the way and asking industry, what can we do to make it easier? What red tape should we cut? What restrictions can we do away with? Is there anything we can do faster? Is there anything we can do away with? No, no, no. What are we doing? What are we, what are we probably going to do? Or what do radicals like Elizabeth Warren think? We need to watch the gas companies and their profits. They have no idea. They have literally no idea how economies, uh, how, how uh, they don't know how to read a, a P&L statement. They don't understand profit. They don't understand the industry. And I'm not even suggesting they should. But since they don't, they shouldn't be trying to manage it. They should be getting out of the way. Folks, we are in a revolution is simply an attempt to change a, uh, basically a system, uh, a nation's government. And there are people that have been waiting and planning and preparing and looking for opportunities to change this nation as she was founded so beautifully by our founders in 1776. And I'm telling you, they are rubbing their hands together. They see this as an opportunity. The Great Reset is upon us. Look all that stuff up. Look it up. These are not good people. They should not be trusted. They, Folks, these, these individuals are enemies to freedom and liberty. And I don't care what flag or nationality or whatever they're standing behind or what have you. People with this mentality are not friendly to freedom and liberty. They're not, fr they're not friendly to the principles upon which this great nation was built upon. And I have to take a break. Super long in this segment. I knew this was going to happen today. I'm going to do my best here to get back on track next segment. Sit tight, my friends. Back here in just a minute. <laughs> My friends, by the way, I want to welcome one of our newest advertisers. We, we've got several new advertisers that you're going to hear about on this program in the days and weeks to come. But, you know, again, I've said we are, we are truly blessed with the people that we get to work with. Some really tremendous, uh, impressive people. And Closet Concepts is one of the newest uh, folks to join this program that I would describe the very same way. Closet Concepts, they basically, folks, um, are your storage space specialists. And they help with master suite innovation, some garage systems, some lockers. They got some ideas on intelligent kitchens, kid space, remedies, home office, craft room, laundry room, garage flooring, if you're looking to get organized, if you're looking to maximize or really use your space to the best of its ability when it comes to 
storing things and, and having a workable, beautiful space, consider reaching out to my friends at Closet Concepts. Their website, Closet Concepts Inc. That's I-N-C, closetconceptsinc.com. Or you can call them Indianapolis. They're, they're Indianapolis, Fort Wayne, but the Indianapolis number 317-849-8444, closetconceptsinc.com. I'd love to welcome them here to our program. So let's get back here to this just mess that we're in, right? I mean, unmitigated disaster and and mess. And I want to cue this up. I referenced it last segment. And again, I sometimes I can pick 50 different things to talk about. Um, and we've hit on several. But one that I want to talk about, one that I want to talk about here is, sorry, I had the sound coming through my ears. I'm queuing up the soundbite here and I didn't know it was feeding into my headset. One of these is Elizabeth Warren's idea to make sure that we're overseeing, and I don't know if it's her idea, Biden's out here saying the same stupid thing, um, to oversee oil and to make sure that they're not ripping us off as though they are the problem here. Now, I've gone through this, and folks, you can listen um, to the program here in the past couple of days. Past couple of days, you can hear where we talked about who the real culprit is when it comes to oil or or gas prices. And you heard me say that 53% of of the cost of gas is cooked into the cost of crude oil. You've heard me say that 17%, 17% goes to the government, governments of all state, local, federal, in the form of direct taxes and things like fees or what have you. 17% goes to the government, leaving 30% for the oil companies. And again, this is not, you know, look at the poor, uh, poor old oil company sort of talk here. This is just the realities. So out of that 30, they don't keep 30%. 22% in the case of Exxon Oil, uh, Exxon Oil, 22% of their revenue went back out in their direct costs. So they profited in 2021 8%. Government profited by the way 17%. For those who have been who have been taught Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren math, that is more than double. Government prop, profited more than double. Part of me wants to say, repeat after me, government profited more than double. I know you get this. I'm just saying saying this to the radical leftists or folks who refuse to look at their government as a culprit. I, I just, it is beyond me. They'll blame big oil, and I'm not here to defend big oil, but they will blame everybody in the world and not blame the government. Not blame the government because the government says things that they like. Elizabeth Warren comes out here. By the way, Rush called her Focahontas. And I, as the official spokesperson of the Pocahontas family, being proven by genealogy to be her 13th great-grandson, approve of that nickname and want to make sure that people know that we don't have any problem with Rush calling her Focahontas. And I think Trump called her Pocahontas. Either way, we're okay because of the absurdity of what she's saying, the point of them using those nicknames is to point out how s- silly and stupid and ridiculous things have gotten 
in modern politics, identity politics, and that silly sort of thing. Anyway, Focahontas is out here saying that we're now going to, and Biden's saying the same thing, watch big oil profit margins. They shouldn't go up. The stupidity, the utter incompetence of these individuals talking about how to run a business. Folks, these profit margins are calculated at the end, you know, the annual profit margins that we're talking about here. Do you know what the, do you know what the price of oil is going to be in September? Do you think the oil company knows? Do you think, do you think demand is going to drop by then? It's possible. We're rebounding. Once supply gets caught up, oil prices will start coming down because supply will be catching up with demand. And then what's going to happen? How much will demand drop and how quickly will it drop when we're experiencing five whatever plus dollar gas? Here we are. We may, By the way, we may be stranded out here <laughs> in New Mexico for the rest of our existence if these gas prices are the same uh, as they are now, I think I saw five thirty nine, five thirty nine for diesel um, today. But I want to play this really quickly. It starts off with a Biden sound soundbite, and then she's asked by Andrea Mitchell of MSNBC uh, to respond to this. And of course, she says, "Yeah, we're going to keeping an eye on government or excuse me, oil company profit margins." Here it is. We understand Putin's war against the people of Ukraine is causing prices to rise. We get that. That's self-evident. You don't get but, that. But, but, but. Maybe you get that part. There's no excuse to exercise excessive price increases. What does that mean? Or padding profits or any kind of effort to exploit this situation. Padding profits. So what does Congress be monitoring profiteering? Absolutely, and actually, we are. Oh, uh, that's fantastic. Senator Whitehouse and others. Problem solved, on, folks. Uh, windfall profits tax. Windfall Look, we profits. Get it, supply and demand that prices go up, but profit Tell margins me more. should not go up. That's just oil companies gouging when they do that. So she has no idea. She has no idea what she's talking about. Do you know what the oil company's profits were in 2020? They all they lost money. They lost massive amounts of money. By the way, Senator Focahontas, do you know? Do you know that while the government didn't make as much money off of taxes in 2020, off of gas taxes in 2020 as per usual, they still didn't lose money. Now, I know in the crazy way that governments look at budgets, they think they lost money, but they didn't have to dig in to their reserves and actually have less of it. They just received less in the year of 2020 because of, again, why? Because of policies that they implemented. Self-inflicted. Self-inflicted problems here. And, of course, we've got the Johns Hopkins study saying that the shutdown didn't affect the spread of COVID at all. I mean, this... Folks... The, these folks are worse. <laughs> they're 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 less accurate than than the weatherman, by by drastic margins. In fact, the weatherman looks like a, uh, a a fortune teller compared to people like Elizabeth Warren, like Bernie Sanders, like Joe Biden, like the radical left. This is they're going to go looking and make sure that I got more to say about this, but I'm long in this segment. <laughs> Told you I tried to catch up this segment. I didn't. Going to hopefully get on next segment. Uh, quick timeout. Continue discussing this 
and the absurdity of this when we get back. This is all political posturing. This is also a war on capitalism, my friends. Sit tight. Back in just a minute. All right, my friends, welcome back. So, so, look, I am not, I am not defending any industry. It would be, it would be irresponsible of me to do that. So I'm not defending big oil. What I am defending is free markets. And so we have a group of people in this country who it's it's just amazing to me. They can see that big business can be corrupt, and of course it can. You know that one of the principles of truth that we talk about on this program is that there are bad people in every group. There just are. This is, uh, folks. I don't want to get too preachy here this, you know, this morning. But the Bible says we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all have missed the mark. We all do. We all do bad things, and some folks um, do a lot of really bad things. And there's bad people in every every single group. Every single group. Now, I've also made it clear that if an ideology is broken, if an ideology is is rooted in things that are not true, things that are corrupt, things that fuel the selfish desire of the heart, that attracts bad people more than, say, an ideology that tells you to do something like repent of the things you've done wrong. It doesn't mean that you still can't have bad people in that group. I'm just saying that it's it's a universal, it's a universal truth, but people act. The leftists act as though the only... Nefarious individuals are in big, big oil. What's ironic is someone can be, you know, appointed, appointed as the oil czar. They could be a CEO of big oil, and the second they're appointed an oil czar, the lovers of big government will suddenly think that these folks are now altruistic. They have no. They're they're working for the government. What could they possibly? Want. They're just here to make things fair and to take care of me and to promote peace and harmony on earth. That is so naive, and the evidence is, is right, there, right there for anyone to see. I mean, how much does James O'Keefe and Project Veritas have, have to do before we see this? How many, how many politicians of whatever party, I don't even care at the moment, how, how many politicians have to be caught with child pornography or doing really wicked and atrocious things before we realize, you know what? Some bad people in politics. And the thing is, if we assume that people in politics, which we don't, but if people assume that people in politics are altruistic and have everyone's best interests at heart and all this sort of stuff, especially if they're a Democrat, that actually gives them more cover to do the wicked and terrible things. And what Elizabeth Warren is talking about is not a good thing. Who? Do, why do we trust the government to oversee the profits of big oil? Folks, I mentioned they, they all lost billions of dollars in 2020. What do we think allowed them to absorb that hit in 2020? It's previous profits. Let me ask this. What do we think? Right? What do we think is going to happen with U.S.? 
exploration and production of oil. Of course, we know ideologically we have a brick wall of opposition to that in today's Democrat Party, these radical leftists who are in charge. But what do we think if they that didn't exist? What did we think? How do we think they're going to invest? What are they going to invest in exploration and extraction and things like fracking? What are they? How are they going to do that if they don't have profits? And what is an an excess profit? What is a windfall profit? I've got a clip from one of the CEOs, I think of ConocoPhillips, I referenced earlier. He said, "Our business." I'm paraphrasing. He says, our business is inherently a risky business, right? It prices fluctuate, supply and demand happens. You know, you've got regulations from one administration that don't exist for another. You got all this stuff that you're dealing with, all sorts of factors, inflation, right? Just the movement of certain vehicles away from fossil fuels and towards this and that, all these other factors, and he says when, when the opportunity to make a profit is there, we have to take it. They have to take it. It's not even that they want <laughs> – of course they want to take it. It's not even that there's a choice. There's not a choice. If they don't have the funds, they cannot exist when the times are tough. And the times were beyond tough last year. And we should, we should all ask ourselves what would have happened in 2020 if all these big oil companies went bankrupt. What would have happened? What mess would we, would we be in now? I, how much oil would we be buying from Russia if that were the case? Or how much, how many Russian companies would be, you know, the ones that are refined? I don't even know what it would look like is the point because that's for the free market to figure out on its own. But the point is, the point is these jokers have literally no idea what they're talking about. They, can't, they couldn't manage a lemonade stand, let alone an entire industry of gas and oil. And I've got to take a break, my friends. Sit tight. Back here in just a minute. All right, my friends. I hesitated doing this because I was thinking during the break, if I play this soundbite, it's going to be less of me that you hear this morning. So I... It was a toss-up, but I think this is good enough to, to to play for you. This is, again, I referenced this a couple of times. This is the CEO of ConocoPhillips, um, Ryan Lance, being interviewed on Bloomberg. I want you to listen. I want you to listen to his. This this is this maybe a couple minutes in total, but I just listen to this in comparison to Elizabeth Warren, a.k.a. Focahontas, who is out there telling folks that she's going to oversee this, uh, you know, make sure oil, big oil is not trying to take advantage of us and she's going to manage their books and all this sort of stuff. It's, it's laughable. Again, I really don't know if they could manage a lemonade stand. But here we go. I want you to listen. Listen to the complexities of this and listen to how you know that this is accurate and true. can't turn on a dime. It takes a while for that, the activity to pick back up, the supply chains to get re-equilibrated. Right. We're subject to those same pressures that other manufacturers are, are having today in the United States as well. But it's coming, and the supply is coming to meet that growing, you know, growing demand level coming out of the pandemic. Coming out of the pandemic, but not necessarily addressing the supply off the, the back of these Russia 
war, essentially. Yeah, no, that's true. So now as commodity prices continue to increase because the supply is not there to meet the growing demand, right. how much does demand start to abate? How much right. does destruction occur? And when do people change their behaviors that's and right. demand start to lighten up? And I think that's what all of industry, us as well as many others, right. are trying to understand and produce. Right. Well, speaking of the industry and who's not in the industry, the Biden administration oh, making yes. a statement today saying this is not the time to pad profits in particular. Has he reached out to you in particular? Uh, no, he is not. Um, I think, uh, you know, those are talking points that are a bit sure. destructive. They're not really that helpful to what's going on today. He also has a, the administration has a leasing talking point that's really not very helpful to understanding the current situation today. And, uh, and what, it, what it ends up saying is they just don't understand the complexity of the business Absolutely. today. Um, we're not, we don't, we produce into a market. We're, we're market takers. We don't right. make the market today. We just produce into a market that global demand is describing how much supply is needed there to meet that demand today. And that's what dictates the prices. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, are we going to make more profits this year with these prices? Absolutely. Do you remember how much money we lost in 2020 with, when the pandemic hit? And yeah. people forget about, you know, the, there's two sides to this coin. The volatility in this business is here to stay. So you have to have a business plan that can address that volatility. Survive at the bottom end. You know, fix your balance sheet and do what you have to do to re get returns of and on capital back to shareholders in the upper end of, of the market. Right. And we know these kind of prices probably can't sustain themselves. Right. And the fall will come once once the things start to re reequilibrate. Okay. I mean, makes absolute, complete, utter sense. But Elizabeth Warren's going to come in and take a look at the books. I, <laughs> I don't even know if she would know what a debit and a credit is in the books. I... I this, the way, kudos to him, by the way. Kudos to him. I, I am encouraged to see someone in in business stand up because it, it has to be terrifying because they know, they know that you upset um, the beast in Washington, D.C., and they are going to come you know, looking for you. I mean, they're not going to take that kindly. But the thing is, Big Oil already knows it's in the, metaphorical crosshairs of the radical left anyway. They want to see they want to see high gas prices because it means the end of the internal combustion engine if, if it's an unsustainable market. This guy makes it, it explains it in ways I think that are brilliant. Kudos to CEO Ryan Lance and more people just need to hear this. I, there, there's a lot to say with this but I gotta take a break. Quick, uh, quick time out my friends back in a minute. <laughs> Not a ton of time, but basically this CEO of uh, Phillips was saying, look, we don't know what long-term demand is going to be. Once once we get past this short-term crisis, which at least in the past, you know, in the near recent history has been uh, created by, I guess, what's happening in Russia, uh, even though we had problems before that. We, we don't know what where demand is going to be. We don't know where all the supply is going to come from. By the way, when we're not exporting oil from Russia, or I guess importing oil from Russia, where are we going to be getting it from? Venezuela? Iran? Not allowed to even ask these questions. You're pro-Putin, I guess, if that is what you, you simply ask the question. But the point is, where's the demand end up? Because that matters on how much, how quickly they ramp up. Because if they ramp up too quickly and can't sustain it, then they're going to have economic problems, long-term problems. This is not 
this will eventually get fixed <laughs> insofar as the government cooperates and gets out of the way, not creating more hurdles and barriers. And I've got to go. Just out of time, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. SDGC tomorrow. Take care.